Hello, and welcome to Fintech Surge Podcast, creating a wealth of opportunities through fintech innovations in the Middle East for the Middle East. Powered by Fintech Surge, the region's leading fintech festival, hosted by the BioWorld Trade Center alongside Jitex Global. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and I am here today at the Fintech Surge podcast with one of the top 20 fintech influencers of the Middle East. He is the co-founder and chairman of the MENA Fintech Association, Mr. Namir Khan. How are you? That sounds like a wrestling <laughs> intro. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited <laughs> to have you here today. That's why. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. How you been? I've been great. Thank you, Namir. And you? Very well. Can't complain. It's been amazing. UAE is buzzing. Yes. Everyone's here. The entire world is here. So it's a great time to be in UAE. <laughs> Fantastic. And great time to be alive. Absolutely. Yes. So let me start off by asking you about what was the motivation behind uh, the creation of the MENA Fintech Association. So the MENA Fintech Association was established, uh, it's been like a three and a half years journey now. And the journey was to ensure that we have a, a framework that, in, you know, that basically is only enabling and that is only creating conducive environment for the fintechs in the MENA region to thrive in. All right, an ecosystem that is a support network, an ecosystem that basically helps you grow, an ecosystem that helps you bridge the gap between the policymakers and the innovators mm -hmm. to ensure that what they build gets scaled. Because okay. eventually any entrepreneur would love to basically build a product and a product needs to go out, a product needs to be relevant, a product needs to be aligned with the rules and regulations of the, of the not just the region, but of course for the country itself. Mm -hmm. So. The MENA Fintech Association has been the voice of the fintech community. It's been a great journey. We have been growing, I would say, as we speak, we are growing. Today, we have around 47 plus members, 48 okay. plus country alliances, uh, 128 individual members okay. that are actively involved in a very large community itself. Fantastic. And so you support fintech companies uh, through your organization. Yeah in uh, becoming, uh, you know, advancing themselves. How, how do you support fintech companies in the Middle East? So fintech companies in the Middle East, uh, the, like I said, the first and the, for, uh, the foremost important thing is bridging that gap between the policymakers and the innovators. Okay. That's the first thing that the first, you know, thing that I, that would, that I would actually pick okay. up right now. So you're the middleman between the regulator and the fintech company. We are the voice, I would say, the bridge. The voice. Right? The second thing that happens after that is a fintech company that needs to scale also needs to have the right partners. Because mm -hmm. if you understand the dynamics of the region, partnerships play a very essential role. That is why today you would have a lot of tech companies having partnerships role and uh, big payments companies having partnerships role because that's in a very critical and a very important segment where our fintech partners with another leading tech company or a leading payment provider or yes. a bank, right. per se, right? To, to ensure that they're able to achieve that level of scale. Mm -hmm. And partnerships play an important role, and that's where we also help with our network base that we have right. within the MENA Fintech Association. And on top of it, the individual members that we have who are extremely well connected in this space, then mm -hmm. also enable that connectivity with the wider market. Okay, and how do you interact with regulators in the, in the UAE? Um, the, with the regulators, we have been closely working with the, with the regulators in a way that uh, when it comes to consultations, uh, you know, framework development, be that open finance, be that many others, 
we've been closely involved with them. And uh, the way we, uh, when we say we're the voice of fintech community, it's not just for the fintech community, it is also being the voice when it comes to the regulatory bodies and uh, you know, identifying some of those key points that need to be addressed mm -hmm. as a community, as a fintech community mm -hmm. uh, by the regulators itself. And do you also offer consulting to, uh, to banks? Um, see, in terms of consulting to the banks, um, it's mainly, I would say, we work with banks. We mm -hmm. actively have conversations and discussions with the banks. Uh, but when it comes to our conversations, they mainly focus with the fintechs yes. and the wider technology network, which includes large payment providers itself. Okay. Uh, but with banks, we operate in a way that, number one, we engage with them actively in discussions. Yes. We work with banks in terms of suggesting them some of the key fintechs that could be adding significant value to their, you know, to their value propositions that they have for their consumers. Okay, I understand. And it's very interesting because the Middle East is becoming, let me ask you the question, do you feel that the Middle East, the UAE, has yeah. become a hub for fintech? Um, I wouldn't really say the hub hub for fintech, but I mm -hmm. would really say it's more beyond that, mm. right? A hub is where everyone's coming together. But this hub is, if I was to say the role, this, the, the strategic role that we play is also a gateway to the wider region itself. Mm -hmm. okay. And that's where we have you know, played a significant role. So it's not just a hub, it's a hub plus the mm -hmm. gateway to the region, okay. right? Uh, and I would say in the past couple of years, the way it has really, uh, you know, come to just, I, would, I wouldn't really say, you know, surface, I would say rocketed, mm -hmm. right, is the right word. Because today, when you go out, you go any event, you go, you, you pick up what's, who's basically coming into the market, you will actually lose count. Because mm -hmm. there's so many players are now just coming into the UAE, setting up the base over here, right. not just setting up the base, but also bringing in the employee base over here because of the incentives they get. That's right. So it's not just a gateway. It's mm -hmm. a hub that provides and that basically is creating that environment for an entrepreneur to come and excel in, mm -hmm. for an entrepreneur to come and test their business in, mm -hmm. for scaled businesses to come in into the region by setting up the base over here. Because mm -hmm. eventually, if you look into it, uh, most of the fintech companies or tech companies are coming over here in UAE, setting up and then expanding into other markets such as you know the wider GCC, the MENA markets. Right. And having so many different players in the association, yeah. so you've got fintech companies, you've got the regulators, yeah. you've got some banks, you've got uh, partners. Um, what What is the synergy among all these players? How do they interact with one another? Are there uh, difference in opinions between the fintech companies who are trying to attain a goal where and where the regulator might not be as cooperative. Is there is there such uh, synergy problems, challenges, let's call them. So challenges everyone has and uh, different uh, opinions everyone has. The best part is that when we are working closely with the regulators, the, the thing is that we funnel it down. Mm -hmm. We have a single opinion. We have a consensus on every single point. Okay. So it may be 19 players talking about one specific point, but we have one single consensus. So we may disagree, we may agree, but that happens before, okay. right? So, and these are constructive discussions that we have mm -hmm. where opinions are then merged into one single opinion. Mm -hmm. Then that goes out 
to the policymakers, which makes life easy for the policymakers to also make a decision. Right. If they have 18 different opinions, right. 18 different conversations, that makes the decision-making process significantly delayed. And that's mm -hmm. what we do. We ensure that we come down together, come to a consensus, mm -hmm. and then have a single voice for that specific for that specific point. Okay. And since um, things are changing so fast, do policies change frequently? Policies are getting better. Okay. Right. Uh, policies are getting better. Uh, it's more conducive to the overall uh, fintech network. Mm -hmm. I would say. Uh, what's happening in the UAE itself. We are having multiple regimes being launched, uh, licenses being issued. So these are all great signs, yeah. Yeah, so they are changing 100%. quite frequently. 100%. If that was the case, you know, uh, then you would not have these leading fintech players come in and set up over here. Mm -hmm. One of the key indicators or one of the key, I would say, uh, areas of interest that picks up for any entrepreneur, any fintech to expand into any market is regulations, uh, market access, mm -hmm. access to capital, and you know a few more. So basically, if I if you look into policies, they make a significant impact in terms of helping one company decide whether we need to go to this country or not. Now, that's one piece. The second piece is that if you look into the the amount of fintech that are setting up over here, that's a strong indicator that they're quite uh, they're quite uh, you know positive about the market itself and. Right. you know, the regulations as well. So policies, there are global ones, yeah. but there are also local ones to the region. Uh, so, so if you were to see uh, the way the policies are there, the policies are, so this region operates differently. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there needs to be regional policies. Right. But regional policies that help every company grow. Mm -hmm. That could be a global company too. Right. You discussed uh, a lot of um, uh, issues around sustainability. Yeah. So how does sustainability and fintech uh, interact with one another? First, and are we doing something unsustainable at the moment? First, I will answer your question, which is, are we doing anything unsustainable? 51 billion tons of carbon emissions is being produced as we speak annually, yes. right? We know that by if, if we do not reduce the carbon emissions um, by you know limiting the 2.5, then we are actually heading towards a major major planetary catastrophe, right? And because of the carbon emissions that we are producing today, there are multiple issues that are going out in the uh, you know the, the multiple issues that are that that this entire planet is facing. Mm -hmm. That is, uh, the climate issues are you know. Number one, you have weather issues, right? So which means there are more floods, there are more earthquakes, etc. cetera. Uh, when you have more floods, there's more evaporation. More evaporation means more rain. More rain means killing the soil, uh, killing the crops. When that happens, there's going to be food insecurity because there's going to be less food being produced, right? right. Food insecurity means that people will be, you know, th there will be more hunger in the world, right? People will be starving. There would be humanitarian crisis. There would be refugee crisis. Uh, biodiversity is being killed, which means uh, coral reefs are dying today, and that may also means that if coral reefs die, then you know uh, a lot of fish that's being you know the the, the marine ecosystem is going to die as well. So that basically tells you what we're doing today, mm -hmm. right? So what do we need to do? Mm -hmm. Where fintech comes in, yes. fintech plays a significant role in bridging that gap as well, because everything we do today, everything you see around you, has been bought by somewhere, someplace, somewhere. Yes. 
right? We can touch onto that ecosystem and help, number one, create awareness amongst the users. Today, 91% of the users or consumers today would want to switch a brand if the brand is not being sustainable or if the brand is not supporting any cause or making an impact, 91%. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, a lot of the, um, a lot of what we need to be really careful about is greenwashing. A lot of brands, a lot of companies will just go out and they will just promote, you know, that, oh, we are supporting. But are they genuinely doing it end-to-end -end or not is the question. Okay. Right? So fintech plays a significant role in transparency, awareness, and execution when it comes to, um, you know, uh, to sustainability, one. Two is that if I was to look into the growth of the sector, $1.4 billion have been invested in the last six months just, just on this specific segment on sustainability plus fintech. Mm -hmm. That tells you the growth that's basically going to be coming in. Now, almost $9 trillion need to be invested annually if you were to reduce the car, if you were to basically achieve net zero. Mm. So that tells you if you were to invest $9 trillion annually, what big of a market looking into. Mm -hmm. So the best part about this is that this gives purpose to fintechs. Yes. It's profit with a purpose. And that should be the key focus for, I would say, not just for fintechs, but for every single business that's operating. Are you profit with a purpose? Are you making any good impact? Is my purchase impacting the planet in a good way or in a wrong way? I, I, it's not just me thinking about it. It's 91% of the market as for the survey, who's thinking about it. If you knew about this, you will make more uh, conscious choices. Yes, absolutely. I know how I can I can help uh, sustainability, but it w it's very interesting yeah. how you put it, how a fintech company can, can help. 100%. Wonderful. Uh, let me ask you about your opinion on blockchain and how uh, fintech comes into play in the future of blockchain. I think um, blockchain is a key enabler. Mm -hmm. for because because eventually uh, if you see what we just spoke about just now is also including transparency into the system so blockchain is is like a liquid uh, fabric mm -hmm. I mean it's there everywhere and it becomes a backbone of enabling transparency for me the biggest use case for that is enabling transparency and and, and basically uh, being a lot more real-time okay uh, so you you perceive uh, blockchain to be a transparent hundred percent. It's going. To, it's really going to enable end-to-end -end transparency. Okay. Uh, I, without going into any more use cases, I think the biggest mm -hmm. use case is this enabling end-to-end -end transparency because the consumers would want today. Okay. And what what do you feel uh, still needs to be done to really reach our our, our peak uh, for the next two years? Let's say. What, what can we do more? Uh, as a country? No, in the fintech industry. What can fintech companies do to really reach their peak? Uh, or the association? What can the association of mm -hmm. fintech companies do mm -hmm. to, to get to that next level? I think uh, we're already achieving that level. Uh, we're going we're in the right trajectory right now. Mm -hmm. What further needs to be done is more enablement of these tech and fintech companies more and more so that it's easier for them to um, further expand. I mm -hmm. think any founder is, or any tech company is quite aggressive for its growth. Mm -hmm. And sometimes what limits 
a tech company or what limits a founder is the limitation that they may face when it comes to the regulations. Mm -hmm. I think once, and, and regulations like, you know, um, you know we're, we're happy to be in a country where it's becoming a lot more open, mm -hmm. uh, that then helps the founders and the tech companies to further expand their, or, you know, just, just stay true to their aggression they have to expand and grow the business. Um, they're doing what they're doing, one. Number two is, uh, in terms of like partnerships, I would always advise uh, fintech companies to strongly assess the partners they work with. Mm -hmm. Not every partner is going to be your great partner. And not everything that looks fancy is supposed to be uh, good for you. So just do your due diligence, heavy due diligence on every partner that you work with. A lot of partners, may appear to have a good tech on the front, but the back end would not be as good, mm -hmm. right? So do your due diligence, speak to the right people in the market, understand if you're speaking to the right people as well. Understand if the tech that you are uh, going to be partnering with is going to be complementing your tech or not. Is the person credible in the market or not? These are some of the key things that I would recommend to any, yeah. any, any, any fintech company if they are a young fintech company expanding. Absolutely. Make sure and, and protect yourself. Right. Protect yourself. Make sure um, that you sign NDAs with these companies uh, and then be able to, because if you do, no matter how big or no small, or no, no matter how big or how small, practice the right of protecting yourself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's important. All these, uh, all this advice that you, you're giving, um, are there mentors that in the association uh, that are assigned to these uh, new fintech companies? Yeah, so if a fintech company requires support, then uh, we certainly recommend the right person okay. who will be able to guide them. Okay. So for example, if it's for payments, you have the right person for payments. If it's for, uh, if it's for rec tech, then we have mm. the right person for rec tech. Right. So 100% we do. Okay, and in the MENA Fintech Association, um, are there occasions where even competing uh, firms, uh, do they have the occasion to meet and brainstorm oh, together? Yeah. and? That's the beauty of it. Yeah. Those who would not sit outside will sit together with us inside the room, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. Okay. We, 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 this is the beauty of it, right? We bring them all together. We make them yes. hug each other. <laughs> so that, that's, that's what happens. So that tells you how closely we work with everyone. Yeah, because I'm sure there are issues, uh, technical issues, yeah. that, that cannot be resolved uh, when thinking of it alone and yeah. putting several brains together. And, yeah. I mean, it's cooperation by the end of the day, right? So. We all work together to what did level you call up. Cooperation. 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 Yeah. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like leveling up. You know, when you grow, yeah. I grow. It's that sort of a thing. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, what is uh, your perception of fintech in the future, in the next ten years? Ah. Where do you think we will be? Where do you think we would be? Will we have a chip inside our skin to Oh my God, that's already <laughs> happening, isn't it? Like imagine, is like it? it's already happening, right? Has it? Yeah, it's been so many uh, innovations <laughs> Test, and advancements happening, maybe? but I, I, I don't think so. I would be <laughs> opting in for this. <laughs> I, I'd rather stick to the, uh, the, yeah. to the basics then. <laughs> but where do you see um, FinTech in 10 years from now? Uh, FinTech in 10 years is going to become so embedded finance is, is, is the next thing, right? I mean, it's not the next thing. It is already happening, embedded finance. Mm -hmm. uh, finance is going to become invisible. So embedded finance, can you give a brief description of that? Embedded finance is when platforms um, or 
I would say, I would give an example of a platform. It's when you're doing a transaction, your, your lending is involved in it, your payment is seamless, your lending, like I said, is, is, is basically there. You can take an instant loan. There could be split your payments in four. Um, it could be many of those things, right? Mm -hmm. So it's within that specific transaction. Embedded finance is also embedded, which means finance embedded within your own platform itself. Okay, all right. To, to just keep it simple. Okay, okay. And so where do you see this in the next 10 years? It's already that, happening. Right. This is already, if you see... If so you, that is already happening. If you see, the bigger platforms are now, number one, because if you see... No platform will be successful if it was without financial transactions. Mm -hmm. If you were to use an Uber, right. or if you were to use anything else, imagine if you had no uh, payments in it. Would right. you use it? No, of course not, right? So number one, if you see all the platforms are now going into advanced stages, which means mm -hmm. either they're going into the, the financial services license acquisitions, mm -hmm. um, getting some PSPs. Uh, some of them are also, uh, the larger players are you know, going into the banking space as well. Some of them acquiring open banking players. Right. So if you see that big tech companies, the bigger tech companies globally are now acquiring um, a lot of these fintech companies itself to ensure that they have that financial services capability embedded within their own platforms itself. So the consumer or the customer who is actually working with them or who is dealing with them mm -hmm. gets a very seamless experience. Absolutely. Within the platform right. without going outside right. the platform. Right, right. And um, what I'm seeing as well, uh, well, in the near future and even even lately, um, a lot of uh, companies, retailers even, are are adopting new uh, uh, payment methods. Yeah. For example, uh, blockchain, mm -hmm. uh, crypto payments. Mm -hmm. um, where do you see that going? So crypto payments has picked up more and more. Yeah. I see a lot of merchants making announcements. Um, mm -hmm. And that, then you also have a regulation that came in to protect the consumers very recently that, that basically uh, is highlighting that anyone involved in illegal crypto payments is, mm -hmm. is, uh, is going to be penalized, right? So, which is a great thing. So you see adoption and then you also see measures to protect yeah. protect the cons uh, protect the customers because eventually regulations are to protect the customer what do they mean by that though penalizing the imagine cuz cuz imagine you're using uh, an illegal crypto method to pay right cuz imagine that right mm -hmm. or or an exchange that is not regulated mm -hmm. i would say legal would not be the right word but you know let's say unregulated exchange mm -hmm. is operating out in the market and you're accepting payments through that it's unregulated in, in the mainland, right? So you need to be working with a regulated exchange or that comes in with certain level of control, security measures to control and protect the customer. Yes. So a recent law was passed, which basically uh, says that if anyone is involved in, uh, you know, dealing with unregulated exchanges, it's going to be penalized, right? So. And that is for the betterment of the customer because eventually the customer is, is the money. Right. And if we look at customers, the average uh, consumer, mm. where would this consumer get all this information uh, as to the regulations that you just mentioned? Uh, one thing is the awareness piece, right? If you see, I mean, you know, you, you see the, edu the, 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 the education piece comes in by people being able to see what's happening in the news and, of course, being made aware from these channels, number one. Mm -hmm. Number two is that when they are buying something or when they're using any any anything 
to do with their finances, mm -hmm. um, make sure it's, you see that where it's regulated from. Mm -hmm. The regulations are in place. Right. And, and you can see that, right? So regulated by Central Bank of UAE or by FSRA or by DFSA. So you can see that. So if you see many of these platforms today, you know, who, who are advertising as well mm -hmm. um, on the roads, it's like, you exactly. know, it's, it's like FinTech all over. You would see the regulator underneath itself. Okay. So important to see if the platform you're dealing with is regulated or not. Okay, that's important. That's that's very interesting because I I, I may want to buy or purchase an item um, uh, with Bitcoin. Um, where would I know? Uh, how would I find out um, this information of how I can purchase it? I'm talking about the mass consumers yeah. who are not yet uh, aware of these uh, these methods. I think uh, is there a program to reach the mass consumers? Um, is there so it's, it's by the law it's required if anyone's anyone is any of these platforms are marketing themselves by law they're required to mention the regulator, okay. right? So okay. uh, they should continue to do that. I mean they should continue to see mm -hmm. that if the platform you're dealing with is uh, an approved uh, platform, right. if the platform okay. is so knowledge regulated, awareness. Yes. Uh, is it uh, difficult for fintech companies to find uh, skilled workers, skilled, knowledgeable, yeah, you're touching aware a, workers? A sensitive spot, right? Yeah. So, yes. Yes. We there is hundred yeah. um, percent, and talent has, has been one of the major concerns that is being bridged mm -hmm. by bringing in you know talent from different parts of the world into right. the country. That's already happening. And uh, at the same time, what we're also doing as well is nurturing talent. Right. So what we do, for example, on the association level, we have Sustainable FinTech Leadership Program. Okay. So first we build sustainability, then we build Sustainable FinTech Leadership Program in collaboration with, with AD, uh, so the Sustainable FinTech Alliance that, that the MENA FinTech Association has is uh, done in collaboration with almost 16 to 17, 17 different uh, partners, okay. including DIFC, ADGM, London Institute of Banking and Finance. Then we built after understanding that, okay, this is fantastic. We want to focus on sustainability. Mm -hmm. Now the next step is that, hey, let's build a program to create some awareness. So then we build a sustainable FinTech leadership program mm -hmm. in which we did, you know, we gave 35 scholarships oh. to, in collaboration with ADGM and uh, LIBF to 35 executives from the region. So we have people from Morocco, Canada, US, Australia, mm -hmm. UAE, to Saudi. executives, you're giving the yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, executives and professionals in the fintech space working in the fintech industry, okay. right? And so, what about at the university level? Yeah, so one thing is this, right? So first right. we did this. It's just, that tells you about us building up talent for the mm -hmm. for the region when it comes to sustainability. Then when it comes to um, educational level, again, uh, we did the open finance masterclass. Mm -hmm. uh, we did that in DIFC. In collaboration with DIFC, what we did over there was, uh, you know, open it up for everyone to come and participate, including students, and come and get educated and understand what is open finance, what is open That's banking, great. open finance. Mm -hmm. Simultaneously, working with the universities to build their curriculum as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Is there currently a curriculum? Um, many universities are offering this. 
uh, as a as a separate, uh, I would say. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. As a completely separate uh, program. Uh, as a program, I think there is one university offering it, but these are like small programs that you have right now. Okay. But that's not. Not and, elaborate. And, and plus, it's more. Some of them are offering this as an elective as well, okay, yeah. that you can pick up right. to understand more about fintech, mm -hmm. which is great. At least it's a good start. Right. So that's picking up more and more. Mm -hmm. But I also feel that uh, fintech needs to be blended into the financial education that a student gets when they are growing up. Yeah. Right. What is fintech? Mm -hmm. What is a payment method? What is a wallet? Yes. What is these are the, and, and you see. We did that in accounting, I think. Uh, I mean, if you look <laughs> into, if you look in, if you look at kids today. Most of the kids are using wallet stamps. Yeah. They know about it. So why not just educate them? They know fintech. There you, and they use fintech. <laughs> and they use it. So Gen Zs, I mean, forget about millennials or Gen Zs. I think it's more about, number one, the mindset mm -hmm. that you have. And if you look at these kids, most of them would be using, like, what are, what are these cards, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they'll be using their Apple Pays, they'll spend, you know, their Google Pays um, and their phones to tap and pay. You're right, you're right. And... Uh, they're ahead of the game. They are way ahead of the game. And in fact, I was actually sitting at a coffee shop and I was, I heard these kids talking about it. And I'm like, okay, let me hear this. So I took <laughs> my, my earbuds out and let me hear these, these kids. They're talking about trading. They're like, hey, buy this, buy that. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I wish I knew that when I was a kid. So... I mean, these kids are way more advanced Absolutely. than you think. My 16-year-old uh, taught me all about crypto. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> so Even better. We had a better. crash course. Oh, you did? I did. There you go. Yeah. There you go. So these kids are very well aware. So why yeah. not just educate them? Yeah. Fantastic. Well, Namir, it's been great to have you here. Thank you for having I me. I do look forward to seeing you at the FinTech Surge event in October. 100%. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to it as well. It's fantastic. a great event. I would say it's really, you know, grown over the years. It has. It's and become, it's getting it's bigger. It's becoming a monster. <laughs> it's becoming bigger and better, which is yes. great. And the important thing about such an event is that you are able to have all these key players in one place. So if mm. I really need to network in a powerful manner, mm. I'd rather go to this place where, you know, FinTech Storage is providing me with a platform where I can go and I can meet everyone in one shot in a single day, in two days. Yeah. It's like a, it's like an accelerated method of networking Absolutely. and that helps Speed you networking <laughs> and that helps you get back on uh, all that network you know all the networking that you may have missed in your busy schedule Absolutely. so it gives you an excuse to be there uh, spend more time yeah, everyone under one roof everyone under one roof and now if you look into it how things have matured mm -hmm. that more and more players more and more larger global platforms are coming in as well yeah. and i'm sure you would see that on the fintech storages website too all the key players who are actually coming on board more and more. Fantastic. Well, Namir, thank you for joining us today. Very thank, happy to have thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for all the latest updates on FinTech in the Middle East and join the conversation over on our social channels. We look forward to seeing you at FinTech Surge in the Dubai World Trade Center from October 10th to October 13th. I'm Stephen Best. And this has been the FinTech Surge podcast, creating a wealth of opportunities.